Hello, welcome again to Emerging Market Insider, EM Insider, with myself, Chris Slowly, the editor of CityWire Selector. As always, Raphael Cassin, how are you doing? Hi, Chris. Happy to be here. Hope everything's okay with you too. Uh, just about. It's a it's a nicely hot day. It's the first day I've actually been uncomfortably warm in my makeshift studio. So I'm wearing shorts. I think summer's approaching, but I think all that positivity could easily be wiped out by looking out and seeing what's happening in the market. So let's start with the negatives. Where are the challenges in the market at the moment? And where are the positives? Are there positives for you as an emerging market investor? Well, I I see that. Uh... The, the main issue these days for anybody, you know, from left to right, top to bottom, is clearly how long lockdowns will, will last, uh, what will happen when they're eased. Uh, and, and I don't think that there's a, a clear solution yet, even though there are a couple of vaccines on the way. But, but it will be complex. I don't think it will be as complex as people think it will be. Because just as if you walked into into Hyde Park, you see that there are people bumping into each other without any concern for what's going on. Um, so I think while some people say that we'll come out of this crisis, uh, let's say more purified, uh, I think it's it will be a V shape and will well maybe maybe a, a Nike you know swoosh shape. Uh, but I think from the moral point of view, I think we're gonna. People are just as eager to come back into their old uh, bad habits, uh, and they will do. And and I don't think they'll come out as angels uh, overnight. So I, I see that happening. And you can see a lot of the liquidity in the world and in the markets, right? uh, I, I believe, being channeled into the U.S. equity markets. Uh, the S&P is down about 13% from the high. Remember that at the high, people were generally believing that the PE ratios in the States were ridiculously high. Well, now they are higher on an ex expected basis. So we are, it, it, there's only one explanation for that, is that there are lots of people who believe that they shouldn't be in it. So there's lots of cash on the sidelines and others are saying, well, let me take that opportunity because when these guys realize that markets are up and they have fear of missing out, then we will already be in. Uh, Side markets like emerging debt have benefited, of course. I mean, emerging uh, sovereigns are down about 8% on the year. They were down oh, nearly 20 at one point, right? Um, the corporates are down about 5 I mean, that's a slightly other uh, point that, I, that I'd love to talk about. And local, local currency down about 10, 10 and a half. So, so we are running into this funky world in which we're thinking about reflation uh, but I would say that there are lots of strange volatility issues and inefficiencies that, that you know, we, we think everything is getting resolved because oil prices are coming back up. But gold is going up to levels where it, it had never been before. Uh, we're going to have negative interest rates uh, for a while. Uh, we will probably have higher taxes as a result of this vacation that lots of people are having. Um, so, so I would say it's a complex environment in which uh, we, we're beginning to think everything is okay. Uh, and obviously we have to, we'd be crazy and foolish if we didn't take advantage of some of it. Uh, but there, as I said, there will be some funky dislocations here and there.
with that, I think well, we're speaking on May 20th and the two points I'll pick up on from what you said, because one is today in the UK, we've seen negative yielding debt issued for the first time of any sort of long term debt. And also there was a report that Crispin O'Day, the, the hedge fund founder, said that private allocations of gold could potentially be confiscated by the government at some stage. So it seems like anything is possible at the moment. And how much of that is a consideration or concern for an emerging markets investor if monetary policy or economic policy can be moved or changed as quickly and developed market policy will have a huge implication for the developing world. Is it something that emerging market investors should be worried about? I believe to some extent. I'll give you one example. I trade some options here and there. And last night, uh, yesterday, Moderna came up with, uh, with news that, that its uh, vaccine plans were going well. And then at the end of the day, before anybody had a chance to read the news, uh, a, a short wire came out, uh, and which probably was picked up by the bots, uh, showing that, that some experts believed that things weren't as great as Moderna had said. And suddenly the S&P futures were down 30, 40, 50 points, faster than you could blink. Um, so, so I believe that we're running this danger these days. We, we run into the danger of, of sudden volatility shifts. Uh, and a lot of it is maybe unfounded. Today, the S&P is back up above where it was before. And so that can start happening with emerging countries. For example, there was one of the initial um, uh, thoughts around what was happening was that Africa would dissolve during this crisis, right? And the reality is that African countries have managed to continue paying their debt. It doesn't look like, like COVID-19 was as bad as people were saying. So there's a lot of misinformation out there and lots of funky volatility in all markets being created by that. I think these are the difficulties these days. With that, how I know we've talked about this before and you've got some African exposure. Have you done anything around that? Have you added to that on the basis that they haven't been as hard hit or are you happy with the levels you've got at the moment? Uh, I, I bought some Nigerian bonds. I think that they, they're in good shape uh, from a debt to GDP perspective. Uh, oil prices have gone back up uh, uh, contrary to, to many predictions. You know, some people thought we were going to go back to Fred Flintstone age. I think that was you, Raphael. I think you were one of the people who mentioned Fred Flintstone on a previous podcast. I may have, yeah. I, I did <laughs> like my cartoons when I was a kid. Um, it's a good reference. It's, it's an understandable one. Sorry, I've, I've derailed yeah. you there slightly. But yeah, the oil price, people thought it was going to slump to um, to unprecedented lows, I guess, but it hasn't gone to that level. So Africa's managed to be more resilient than anticipated. I think so. And I think uh, I think that they're, you know, they're generally in good shape. I, I read an interesting article that highlights the fact that they don't have that many roads so there's less uh less moving around and because of that there's less spreading of the stuff i mean it's i think it's you know you, you have to compare to brazil for sure right well i think we're going to come on to brazil shortly and i think i don't know that's something you want to talk about at length so i'm just going to skirt around that ever so slightly ever so quickly because i think one area that is proving problematic or, or very interesting from the outside is argentina and so even with everything that's going on, I suppose there is, there's never a good time to restructure. But how are they handling that? And from a, somebody with um, good knowledge of the Latin American market, do you think they are handling it the right way or is this going to be problematic for the country going forward? I think they're doing what they were expected to, to be doing since day one, uh, especially considering their side on the political spectrum. 
they're not angels, you know, they are involved with the Kirshners and the Kirshners have, have their share of, uh, of, of mishaps uh, in their, under their belt. Um, they've come up with a ridiculous uh, plan uh, where they, yeah, they, they, they only cut uh, capital by a small amount, but they're asking for uh, not paying the interest for about three years. Uh, then they're asking for some interest rates that uh, not even the mechanic around the, the street corner here in London is probably paying to his, you know, to Barclays or another bank. Um, so, I mean, they they have come up with something that doesn't make sense. The the uh, creditor groups have come up with alternative proposals, and the the whole thing will start getting interesting on the 22nd. So, in a couple of days, because that's when Argentina supposedly. Uh, wanted to sort things out by because they have uh, that interest payment and they didn't want to default on it right now my belief is they will not be able to match what uh, what the uh, the groups want uh, I think the negotiations will continue there's been speculation that they probably will pay the coupon just as a matter of you know as a good gesture uh, and that they will continue with negotiations. Um, but I think it will be, it will, something will be done. But I think the Argentinians are not, they're, they're taking the, the virus as a good opportunity to, to claim that they will not be able to be paying much. And I think they can. Um, so I, th I think, as I said, you know, by Friday, I don't think we'll have a resolution. Uh, then it's up to them whether they make that gesture of goodwill and then they'll come up with something. Now, remember, if the Argentines don't come up with something now, they might as well just put a dome around the country and, and be isolated from the world. Uh, they don't have great relationship with Brazil anymore. Uh, so I would say that it behooves the Argentines to, to be more realistic uh, and pragmatic and, and come up with a deal so that they can come back to the financial markets. You know, they say the financial markets have uh, short memories, but I doubt anybody will put money in Argentina if this deal is not attractive for investors. Where will people, because Latin America as a whole seems to be slightly under pressure. I am holding you back slightly from Brazil now, but Venezuela and Ecuador have both struggled. Is there any bright spots? I was, I was reading earlier that the, the peso has strengthened slightly because of the, the plans for them to normalize to an extent. Is there anywhere in Latin America that people should be looking at? Well, I think the Ecuadorians are, are quite market friendly people. I have some friends who disagree, uh, but I think that they're, they've been proactive uh, they do have oil, and obviously there's a dent in their in their PNL because of that in the budget. Uh, but I think that they're they're probably some of the most professional out there who want to do something cre uh, you know good. Um, the other countries, I mean, you could talk about Mexico, but Mexico will benefit from what's going on in the states. So I, I wouldn't say that they're going to be so horribly uh, uh, affected. Um, I think Brazil, well, there's another important point here uh, just before we go into, into Brazil. Um, we've got, you know, we talked about Venezuela, right? And Venezuela, I believe, is getting close to a point of no return. I mean, we've been saying that forever, but they have had a, a they claim, uh, a group trying to come up with a coup 
which I think probably was not government sponsored, uh, but it, it, you know, especially given the 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 let's say low profile uh, uh, marketing that the Venezuelans have done. Um, but I, I would say at some point it's going to have to give, and 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 people will probably start soon. Uh, becoming interested in doing something. And I think even maybe the U.S. administration will do something. So, uh, you know, we talked about major flare points, right? So we've got Argentina coming up in a couple of days. Uh, we've got Lebanon, uh, sorry, Venezuela. And we've got Lebanon where things are not looking good. The Lebanese have defaulted. Uh, the banks are, the bank, the whole banking system is 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 messed up. Uh, they're going insolvent and nobody has come up with a solution because you've got uh, Hamas and you've got uh, this other group here and there and they can't come up with a group that says, okay, guys, you know, we are going to come up with a plan where we take the pain, but we move on. I mean, they're always, they're trying to still get something that gets them not to get so hurt, right? So that's a little bit long story, but basically I'm still quite negative on Lebanon. Uh, and I think nothing will come out of it, you know, happen there pretty soon. Uh, and that's really bad because I think eventually we'll have a humanitarian issue. Remember, they import most of what they consume. And if you've got no money, how are you going to deal with that? But remember something that I mentioned earlier, the volatility these days is crazy, right? And it comes out, it comes from unexpected areas. So remember in the old days, people used to say, well, Lebanon is fine because there are lots of Lebanese all, you know, all over the world and they're going to finance the country. Well, that's not happening anymore. So that uh, fits into a change in the overall system. You know, so if you looked at emerging debt in the old days and you believed that a country was a good country, well, maybe today you have to take that country out of your system totally because it's you know it's it's become clear that it isn't you know it's like the kid who's grown up and you thought he was a good kid but he was behind the door doing drugs well i think with that i think one of the the, the biggest kids who's proving problematic then is brazil uh, to move from lebanon slightly and, and and the issues that are there which are largely um well i suppose they're idiosyncratic but there are crossovers with what's happening in brazil but then Brazil has got a multiple of issues. They've had multiple finance ministers, multiple health ministers. The uh, I was reading before we came on about the the president joining anti-lockdown isolation events, and it seems like they are just heading for pain. There should be there could be a lot of challenges there. Where do you stand? What will happen next? The impeachment proceedings are still rumbling on in the background. Yeah, um, this is the interesting point. Uh, many years ago, when I manage money. I used to claim that I that I ran ran something equivalent to ESG, right? Where we looked at the macroeconomic situation of the country like everybody does, political and social. And I never liked Brazil because I found that the political system was inherently corrupt. Why is that? You've got the Congress and the Senate where there's so many parties that the president needs to assign ministries to each one of them in a way that they will benefit financially. Uh, they just uh, assign one uh, to the center uh, party and uh, where they cover education because these guys will run a budget of 50 billion or so. 
Um, so, so the problem there is that it's always a give and take. We've got a Supreme Court that, in my opinion, is one of the worst Supreme Courts in the world. In, in fact, it's probably like Venezuela. Um, you know, some of the Supreme Court justices are seen in Portugal uh, doing exotic shopping, and then they come back and they come up with decisions that just don't make any sense. They like they they took Lula out of jail, um, but there there are many more, right? So, but we've and then they go claiming that they're democratic, um, but clearly their decisions are, are not logical. Uh, so, so what happens? You've got this multitude of parties fighting for for power or for you know for their cake and unfortunately they're all getting caught in corruption scandals and it all becomes a game of 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 the of the music stopping and you not getting caught standing up because yeah, then you know the your corruption scandal comes up well problem with brazil is that i mean i guess we could go into the into the virus uh response but i think Importantly, is you should have a response that is a, uh, that that matches your health system, uh, health system's ability to deal with the situation. And in Brazil, we've got a very large number of very poor people who live in in groups and areas where you just can't isolate, and they need to work, right? Because if they don't work, yeah. they don't get paid. The government has come up with a plan, so they get they get something, but. At the end of the day, you know, I talk to people over there and, and they're saying, I am not going out of the house for months until it's really safe. And it's it's definitely not safe. But one good thing, okay, they're wearing masks. So, okay, but that's not the biggest problem in Brazil. The problem is on the political front, The the uh, you, you heard of Sergio Moro, right? He's the guy who did the car yeah. wash investigation. He came out uh, because he claimed there was presidential interference with the federal police in yeah, Rio. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think we, talk, we touched upon this last time with um, the involvement of Bolsonaro's son as well and, and the challenges that that could pose. Yes, and this is the interesting part. Since that happened, uh, we've seen more and more evidence that the president's family is involved in illegal activities. Right, and I could I could list them for hours. Uh, and if you watch the news wires, you, 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 it's like a soap opera. Um, so... And he he comes out and denies all of that, even though there's proof on TV. You know, they're, they're showing the videos and the recordings. Um, what he's been doing on the other side is paying off these uh, central, uh, you know, the center uh, governments in, in, uh, in Congress and the Senate by giving them uh, ministries so that they will vote for him. So if there is an impeachment in theory, they won't vote to impeach him. And this is where it's we, we've reached a point at which we are not going to solve the problem anymore. We are worried, you know, the, the president is worried about uh, staying in power and not getting impeached rather than going out and doing something constructive to end the virus. This is the I problem. See. So it's more about him surviving this scenario than actually ensuring the bulk of the population survive the scenario. Exactly. And so that's why. Since I was a kid, I've been saying that forget about all the democratic chants. You need to have a military government in Brazil because it is just too big. It is a little bit like Russia, where you have 11 time zones, I think, and you can't manage all of it. Okay, they're not 11 in Brazil, but but point is, if you let them, they will not act honestly. 
So what you need to do is you need to put handcuffs on these politicians, have the military run the business, and, and hope for the best. E even though it may sound anti-democratic, at the end of the day, we've had numerous experience in which we've given them the, the chance to come up with something positive. And time again, they come up with corruption uh, events. So I, I would say Brazil, and, and there are a couple of other countries that are similar. I just happen to know it in, intri you know, intricately. Of course. Um, there are a couple of countries where, you know, it just shouldn't be in an index. So people talk about, for example, an ESG index. Well, it, it just doesn't make any moral sense to have Brazil in any ESG index, if you know what I mean. Yeah, of course. Well, based on that, I mean, it's a slightly dystopian view of things because, I mean, democracy is often held up as the sort of paragon of the political system. But it seems like it's a scenario where you I'm picking my words very carefully. It seems like there's a huge challenge to govern this correctly. And if the system is intrinsically corrupt or intrinsically um, open to corruption, then the system needs to change. 100 percent. 100 well, percent. On that note, Raphael, it does seem like quite a, uh, a bleak futurist note to finish on, but I think there's a lot of food for thought there. So thank you very much for taking the time as always. Thank you for joining us. And um, I look forward to speaking to you soon where things have hopefully normalized a bit more. And also we'll get back to some point where we can actually sit in a studio and discuss this rather than doing it over phone lines. For sure. We'll meet again. Fantastic. Thanks, Raphael. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.